T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hi there, everybody. Cardin and Roberts here on The Fan on a wonderful Thursday. Everybody's happy. Everybody's in a good mood. Craig is days away from returning. He'll be back after spending a few days seeing the Familia on Monday. And our Familia continues to fill in. The great Big Mac sitting in the big chair it's finally my turn. The Wheel of Evan has landed on me today. (laughs) I'm very excited for it. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess uh, we should start with that basketball game from... All right. <laughs> He's not even here. I got to get laughed at. Shout out. All right. Let's start with this basketball game from last night. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, like, so, I like the looping. It was so, very funny. Yeah. I mean, Julius Randle hit a three early. And, okay. The Nets, uh, the Nets used to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and we used to beat the Knicks all the time. All right. We, we got this out of our system. So the Nets gave up 142 points last night to the New York. All right, shut up. Enough of this. I get it. You can have your laughs. You can throw the daggers through me. And quite frankly, we all deserve it. We all deserve it. We have seen one of the most incredible 180s I have ever seen in this town. I mean, I have witnessed it mm-hmm. from I have the superstars, I have the championship aspirations, and you're a bunch of whiny losers who are jealous. I got to own what this is now. And what this is now is you're better. All right? You've, okay. su- you've surpassed us. You are of a better team. You've got better players. You have stars now, or at least guys playing like stars, specifically Jalen Brunson. And last night at Madison Square Garden, I was in the building for this, I got my ass whooped. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. And congratulations to all the Nick fans out there. You beat my ass. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It was a rough night for you. Your team sucks, huh? (laughs) I mean, listen. (laughs) I mean, listen. Everyone today is now just, you know, every. it's a good time to be a Nick fan, no doubt. You know, Lugie was talking about it yesterday, laughing at all the chirping Net fans. I mean, I don't know where they are. We work in a sports radio station. I've been around people of, uh, who love sports my whole life. Well, and there's like There's like three of you. I, I, you ever I, see that scene in um, the Truman Show where she's yelling at him and doing like a commercial for the knife and Jim Carrey's just kind of like, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> right? Like, it's funny. Last night in my, in my pain and misery, I wanted to check out how my, my man, Keith McPherson, was dealing with this. Right. So I went on his Twitter account 
And all he was doing was tweeting about the Devils. <laughs> and I said, where, where am I? Like, where's my moral support? I was yeah. looking for it. No, no and support. it was gone. No support. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, today's a great day to be a Knicks fan. Granted, I think it's not necessarily the game to just go nuts about, to be honest with me, because I watched that game and I thought your team was awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just be yes. totally honest. The Knicks hit every shot, true, but they were sloppy with the basketball uh, defense, they didn't play much in the first quarter either. But I thought the Boston win, obviously, is a much more impressive win. This was, you don't want to have the letdown of following that Boston win with a bad performance against a bad net team. Yeah, look, Let's they, just be totally honest what it was. The Nets were awful in that first and they, quarter. And they've been awful. And here's the only time I'll spend on the Nets, because I think the Knicks do deserve yes. the proper credit, which I will give them, is that what boggles my mind is the Nets have a really good collection of defensive players. They do. Yet their team defense sucks. Their team defense is like historically bad. And I understand communication, gelling, a coach that needs to figure out his rotations and not play Dorian Finney-Smith at the five. So I'm going to try to be patient over the remainder of this season. But they were bad last night. But what was funny in the first quarter, and I jokingly said this to BT off the air, but it was really true. So I went there last night. I was with my dad. Uh, we both oh. had hoagies. The hoagies were absolutely fantastic. Is he planning his next next trip to Puerto Rico or no? Is he okay? I'll tell you, Nick's keep winning. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he don't like them either. Oh, today they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals, baby. <laughs> so 140 we, points. We sit down and watch this game, and Cam Johnson hits a three. I'm pumped up and I'm clapping like, ah, right, here we go, three nothing. This is my building, y'all. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julius Randle's being doubled in the corners. The opening possession of the game. No one had to see this. I get it. So, you know, 30 seconds in. That's fine. But this is how I knew. So Julius is doubled in the corner and hits like a fadeaway three from the corner. I don't even know how he got the shot off. Mm-hmm. And it went right through. Yep. And when it went right through, I just turned on my seat. <laughs> I sit on a bar stool at the garden. And I spun. And I looked at my dad. And I want to clean this up, okay? I said, we're bleeped. Yeah. That was it. And from that moment on, Jalen Brunson never missed. Quentin Grimes, oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. How many times is he open in the freaking corner? Mitchell Robinson is just offensive. Yeah, glass. He, changed, he changes them, man. I, I, he brings a different element. But to your uh, point, uh, there was a five or six, uh, six uh, possession stretch where I don't think the Knicks hit rim. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We'll, we'll go back and watch it. It was nothing but nothing but net. I mean, they were they hit everything. And to your point about the team defense, how many opportunities does Randall have to just throw the ball cross court? Yeah. I've never seen so many cross court well, one handed toss passes like that in my life. It's funny. So in the NBA, it's a game of runs. Obviously, you're going to give every team one opportunity to get back into it. And you remember the Boston game from a few nights earlier. The Celtics had a few chances yeah. to get back into it. The Nets had a moment in the third quarter. And no, I did not leave at halftime, but more on when I left coming yeah. up. Oh, I'm sure you ducked out early. There was uh, well, It's <laughs> becoming it's becoming your style. No, you can finish the laugh, Connor, yeah. if you want to start it. Go finish it then. <laughs> it's becoming it's becoming your style, Mr. I never leave games well, early. I'll defend myself in a second. Yeah, okay. But Julius Randle, and I get it, the Knicks won last night. You should be happy. They scored a buck yes. forty two. They're playing great. But I'm I'm watching this as a Net fan, obviously. Julius Randle tried to get the Nets back in the game. Like, I, I witnessed it. Y'all yeah. witnessed it. And the Nets would not cooperate. 
Julius is throwing up air balls. Julius is dominating the basketball. Julius is turning the ball over. Passes behind his back. (laughs) You know, it looked like he was, you know, dribbling like a seventh grader with the ball six feet in front of him sometimes. Like, they were sloppy at a lot of points in this game. And the Nets missed, I think it was two or three open threes. They could have cut it to like 12, which I'm not saying they come out and win the game, Mm -hmm. but they had a chance to make it interesting. So Julius tried to bring the Nets back into the game. They didn't. They failed. The Knicks looked awesome. And if you look at the way this basketball team has played, and I'll give you the exact line of demarcation, in the grand scope of things, it's when Tom Thibodeau kind of cut down his rotation a few months ago. Right. But really, in the second half, they come out, first game out of the break, they're down 19 of the Wizards, about five minutes to go in the second quarter. And I was feeling really good because I want to be perfectly honest with the audience. You remember the crack committee that Chris Russo formed against the Yankees with sure. Bob Huesler and guys like that? Mm-hmm. I'm like my own crack committee yeah. against the Knicks. And I, maybe I need to reform it like a new world order of crack committee against the Knicks. And I think the way we would form it is not just net fans who hate the Knicks because there's very few of us. Yeah. But people that hate basketball, they can join too. Because if you hate basketball, you should hate the Knicks. Because the better the Knicks do, the more basketball we talk. So that's my coalition plus <laughs> Ranger fans. Ranger fans, stop, t- I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. I love you guys. And let me tell you, you got an ally in me. I'll tell you why. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane's coming. You're going to be in the Garden tonight. You have a hotter ticket than the Knicks. You're a bigger deal than the Knicks. you got a better chance to win a title than no the Knicks. No doubt, no Yet doubt. All we do is talk about the Knicks. Ranger fans, you need to root against the Knicks. Ranger fans, join me. It's the new crack committee. Angry, bitter net fans, people that hate basketball, and Ranger fans. Join me for the new world order (laughs) of hating the New York Knicks. You're never going to get it. I spent years fighting that crack. I was constantly fighting the crack committee, nonstop. I was the the punching boy for Bob Euster and the crack committee. Don't form a crack committee. Let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy it. Your team has no chance anymore. What's the point? It's not even a rivalry right now. Let's be totally honest. I know it's still, what, two out of the last 11, right, that the the Knicks have beat the Nets, but it just feels it. The balloon is, the air is out of the balloon of your team, and the Knicks are playing the best basketball they've played in forever. And and we all know it. We know we talk about it forever, what Brunson has done to this team, and the fact that they have two guys now that can get points at any moment. Like the the other game uh, against um, Washington. Yeah. And even against Boston at times, when Brunson doesn't have it, Randall has stepped up and he scored points. And then Brunson down the end of the game and what he's able to do as a finisher. I mean, they've changed. I think the offensive rebounding of uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitch coming really back takes, to big help, oh, especially looks, on the defensive. And he looks as good and as healthy and as fast yep. and as high jumping and as block sh- uh, shot blocking as we've ever seen him. He looks terrific. Look, the Knicks, you know, my, my hatred aside, I will always try to be the IBO, the independent basketball yeah. observer. I'll go back and forth. They are playing incredible basketball. What they've done really since about the five-minute mark of the second quarter against the Wizards, where they erased a 19-point deficit, cut it to four, and then in a back-and-forth affair on the road against Beal and Porzingis, they pulled a really good win out on the road Mm -hmm. to then destroy the New Orleans Pelicans like they weren't even facing somebody, Mm -hmm. to then destroy the Celtics, which is essentially what they did. That was a non-competitive game. And then to back it up last night against my hapless net team, the Knicks deserve all the credit in the world. And I don't think Knicks fans need to go crazy about, we can go here, we can go there, right. we can go to the finals. Uh, listen, we got a month before the postseason starts. Right now it is simply, can you get to that 5-4 matchup which you're at? Can you get to the four seed where you've got 
kind of home court advantage like we saw two years ago. Can you continue to move up and play great basketball? The schedule remains tough. The Miami game tomorrow night is going to be a great challenge. Playing the Celtics again is going to be a great challenge. But honestly, I got another negative to say. They played absolutely fan. Oh, wait, I do have something negative to say. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here. All I- right, you're probably wrong. So I'm at the game last night, and I noticed that you people, you Nick fans, decide to chant Derrick Rose's name in the fourth quarter. And it's not the first time you did it. You did it at the Pelican game. When you're blowing a team out, your human victory cigar is Derrick Rose. You chant his name, and you want him in the game. And a couple of games ago, Tom Thibodeau said, you got it. He brought him in the game. He got a standing ovation. The Garden crowd was very, very happy. That did not happen last night. There were Derrick Rose chants. He never got into the game. I think that is incredibly disrespectful. The man has won an MVP. The man is not Brian Scalabrini. Like, why are you treating him like he's me? You're treating him like, oh, let's chant for Evan to come into a game. He's fat out of shape and can't play basketball. Like, why Which are we you established people... yesterday. We did. Yeah. Why are you guys chanting for Derrick Rose like he's a novelty act? I find it, I got to tell you. Oh, would you stop As an IBO, it? I find would it very disrespectful. Stop it? What's wrong with you? What, what? What's wrong with you? What do you mean? Is this what you've reverted yourself to? I don't to? know what you're talking about. You know, clutching at straws to come up with some nonsense to kill a fan base that has finally got the upper hand on you after four years of dominating them? What? You had four years, my friend. I'm tired of this nonsense where, oh, you know, the Nick fans, if I could, any team that would make me leave the country, you made up a whole stupid game so you could say that I don't want to see the Knicks win. <laughs> you came up with this entire stupid po- game of Puerto Rico just so you could say I don't want to see the Knicks win. But the truth of the matter is for four years, it's it was a circus, and in the open you only got one round of victory, but you've had the upper hand on this fledgling franchise for the last four years. And for one week now, what, one month now, They've got the upper hand, and you got to clutch at straws about who they want to see on the court. I'm just saying, when they were blowing very out your disrespectful, team, very you got disrespectful. Some nerve. You I got, got some nerve. You. I mean, why are we treating Derrick Rose, who had such They're a treating? They want to see him. They want to see him. They oh like my god! Him. Like he's uh, the Philly fanatic. Oh, stop. Like he's a mascot. No, he's a. They, he was. Arguably their best player heading into the postseason the last time they I know. made it. Now so, I know. Now you chance for him to come into the game. Now. As far as leaving early is concerned, and I invite everybody to join this conversation because we're all human beings, we're all adults, and we go to sporting events, whether it's a basketball game, a hockey game, a baseball game, a football game. And at some point when we're at a game, whether it's with your kids or it's by yourself, we have to make decisions, okay? We all have to make decisions. This is not about last night's Knicks-Nets game. This is about life. There's a moment at a sporting event where you have to make a decision, what am I doing? So last night, personally, I always want to be honest with you, when Jalen Brunson hit that corner three with about four and a half minutes to go to extend the Nick lead to 27, Mm -hmm. I made a decision. I made a life decision. I made a business decision. I turned to my dad. I said, listen, father. I don't call him father. I said, dad, (laughs) if you don't mind. Excuse me, sir. I think this is our moment to exit. And he agreed, and the timeout was called, and we left. But here's what I noticed when I left. I wasn't the only one leaving. And it wasn't the tons of Net fans that were there. Right. The Brooklyn Brigade didn't leave. They were still chanting Brooklyn Bridges with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter because God bless their souls. Mm-hmm. That building was emptying out with Nick fans. And I'm not ripping them at all. Right. I'm saying, I kind of get it. Like, yeah. I know that if my team won, I would have stayed till the bitter end because I'm a vengeful douche, and I admit that. I want to enjoy every second mm-hmm. of beating your team in your building, so I would have stayed. But even if you're a Nick fan last night, 
If you're a Yankee fan, remember that game against the Cubs this year where Matt Carpenter hit 17 home runs and you beat him like 25 to 1? Yes. Do you remember that game? I do remember that game. I remember that whole series. If they you, scored a ton of runs that whole series. If you're a Yankee fan and you were at that game on mm-hmm. that just gorgeous, I think it was a Saturday late afternoon. Yeah. Didn't at some point you make a decision and say, I think we should go. I mean, the game, the game is over. Now, sometimes it's based on the time. Maybe yeah. it's 10 o'clock. The game's taking a long and, time. And the place, quite honestly, because I don't know how many people actually drive in and park at the garden or whatever, but it seems like to me that's the easiest exit access there is. You get walk out, you get on the subway, you're in the city, whatever. Like Yankee Stadium, you're stuck in a parking lot. You know, City Field, you're in the parking lot waiting. You want to beat the rush. Is there really beating a rush out um, of... Out of MSG? So the answer to that question is maybe not from a traffic perspective, but yeah. when you leave the garden, the garden is on stilts. Did you know that? Yes. It's on stilts. Yes. Like it's above the ground, like really high. I know so what stilts are. I'm just explaining it. Right. So when you leave Madison Square Garden, you mm-hmm. got to go down a lot of a lot of stairs. stairs. Yes. I mean, it's like forever. Yes. A lot so, of looping around the staircase. So yes. I have a, a personal staircase I found that I usually get before anyone else, and I walk by myself, mm-hmm. which is great when your team loses by 57 points to the Knicks on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. But you're walking down a lot of stairs, and if there's a lot of people there, you it's crowded. To, it gets very crowded, Big Mac. That's ridiculous. I don't think people want to deal it's ridiculous. with ridiculous. But at Yankee Stadium, there yeah. aren't games where you no. decide. And baseball's a little different because there's no clock. never. Baseball's my one exception with you, Big Mac, because yeah. like other than a, an obscene score like eighteen to one, a baseball game's never really. There's over. no clock in baseball. There's, Did you know that? Until now, there's until no now, clock there was baseball. never a damn clock in baseball. But like in football, I went to the Jet Jaguar game. Remember that game? Yes. On Thursday night? Oh, I remember it well. There was a moment where the game was mathematically over. Yeah, kickoff. And I. <laughs> <Jets>. <laughs> remember, they forced the turnover on the opening possession. Oh, I, I do remember that. That's no, right, uh, yeah. well, I'm sorry. Computer Craig will not laugh. I know. I was looking for at it. Anti- I thought Jet I had Jaguar. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 like if I said, what's this? Shut them all for a second. Let's see if this works. Okay. Hey, Computer Craig, Kevin Durant made his son's debut last night, scored like 25, and they won. <laughs> hey, <laughs> get you right. the left. <laughs> but isn't there a moment in any sporting event where we decide eh, it's time to go? Yeah, I mean, of course I mean, there is. It, it, yeah, it, I think it's different for everybody. Me, personally, I, I have a tough time leaving because unlike you, and I think Tommy pointed this out beautifully yesterday, we live in the real world. And I don't get, and most people, I would think, don't get to go to as many games. So for me, going to a Yankee game or a game out like that, most of the time my kids are probably already asleep, and I'm going to milk the night out for everything I that's can. A, that's a fair point. I, I like That's yep. the only yep. – I, I, I love the pitch clock, but I'm probably the only person here who wants every Yankee game to be three and a half hours because nothing bothers me more than looking up and it's been an hour and ten minutes and we're in the sixth inning. And I'm like, what? The, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I get that. So, like – this is a unique opportunity for a lot of people. They spend a lot of money. I would think you would want to milk the experience for everything it's worth and see that final call and see, you know, the the, the shaking of the hands and the victory, especially in a win. No, I get that. But I also I think there's I think there's a time and a place, especially if you're looking to beat traffic. That's why I think MSG is a little bit different. I know, you know, me personally, every time I go there, I'm taking the subway, I'm taking yeah, mass but big transit. Man, I'm, I'm not, and this is not shade. I know people are going to take it this way. The garden was emptying out when I was leaving. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just net fans saying, hey, we're well, Oh, no, no, the whole place is opening. And, and by the way, yeah. I respect everybody who left. Like, yeah. they made a decision. Hey, at four minutes to go, up 27, yeah. what am I doing? Yes. I, and by the way, did you see that they reviewed the final play of the game to make <laughs> oh. sure if it was a shot oh. or not? Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. Who stayed for that? (laughs) I mean, unless you bet on it. I think you can walk out at that point. Oh, that's. But still, the point is, is you have been, Mister. I don't leave. 
Mr. I stay till the yeah. end. And I know you're giving me this mathematical, like you came up with some sort of algorithm yeah. that you can prove definitively, definitively when a game is over and when it's not. Correct. The fact of the matter Correct. is yes. you were tired of watching your team get their ass kicked, and there came a point where there is enough of a ass kicking I have taken where I'm getting this ass and getting up and leaving. It wasn't necessarily, well, you know, if you carry the... Dad, you bring that calculator with you? If you <laughs> if you add this multiples of 10 uh, divided by 3.14 pi, uh, you know, it's not an algorithm. It's, I've had enough of watching this team get their ass kicked, and I know it's over. The one thing I would admit is that baseball is the sport where I would always fear. So I tweeted oh. out early in the game last night, yeah. when is it too early to leave? And it was very interesting, a lot of the responses. A lot of Net fans said, leave now. A lot of Nick fans <laughs> said, go F yourself. You right. just sit there and watch every sure. second of it. Go work on your foul shots. My guy CP, the franchise, was mocking me. Like, <laughs> where's the season ticket holder at? But one thing I said, and I said it to somebody who came over to me that night. Yeah. There's a lot of lovable Carton Roberts fans. Sure. And no one was mean to me. I have to say, they were all very, very nice. And most of them to your end- face. To my face. Yeah. And they all ended the conversation by saying, let's go Mets, which I thought was like, let's meet with common ground. But one guy said to me, will you leave? And this was halftime. And I said, here's my problem. Even though I know this game is over, I'm mm. an idiot. Right. I would be devastated if they came back. Right. Like, I do have the fear of missing something crazy. And, again, the last two games the Nets played against the Knicks last year at the Garden right. were both ridiculous comebacks. Yeah, I remember. They were down 27 in one of them. I think 22 in the other. I may be off by a point or two. And I would always fear that. So that's why you can mock me all you it's want. The fear factor. Once I know mathematically it can't happen, rack me, I'm out, as Jim Rome would say. Like, I'm done. Because now I don't have that fear. I know it's, it can't happen. So it really is a mathematical equation. Yeah, I'm not buying it. There's just a level. You know when it's over. You know it's over earlier than when you leave. You know it. There's just a level that you can't tolerate anymore. You're- and yeah, we all fear the same thing. And you're right, baseball. There is nothing worse. And it's happened to me once or twice in my life. There is nothing worse as a Yankee fan. I'll use the as a Yankee fan perspective. There is nothing worse than being in the car and hearing John Sterling make the call of your team's amazing comeback and victory <laughs> after you've already left. There is nothing worse. Wait, it hasn't so, happened to me in a long time. Oh, but it did in happen. A long time. It's happened. To me Why did it happen? Because of kids. Yeah, no, not because of kids, because it's been a long time, way, because kid, of uh, who I was with was busting my shoes oh, who to were you leave. With? Or, who the hell were you with that made you leave? Kids, we all understand. Trust yeah. me, I've left games for my kids, yeah. and I have no regrets. Like, yeah. if I want my kids to love baseball or sports, I can't force it on them. And as right. much as you people think I yeah. do, I swear I do not. Okay. Like, once... Okay, look at you. I'm not trying. Listen. You think I'm a liar. I'm not thinking you're a liar. You I, think I'm a liar? I don't think you're a liar. I, I won't force think, it on him. Uh, we've talked about this. Right now, the Rangers, right? He likes hockey. He's getting into hockey. Who, Jet? He? Yeah, Jet. And that was a, a phase a year well, ago. Well, listen. We, we got rid of well, him. Well, it's coming back up because we might not talk much about the Rangers. But, I mean, if you look at their lineup, that it's as talented a Ranger lineup as we've seen in forever. Like this is the this is going to be a legit okay. run. All right, what's your point? My point is is you're not going to open yourself up to allow him to enjoy the Ranger run. You're going to shield him from it. You open up to things you like and you shield the things we, you don't. We will get to your phone calls on this. Obviously the Nick win if you want to brag. 877-337-6666. Oh, it had to come out. We are the New York uh, Knicks. <laughs> we are the New York I'm a loser. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser. I own it. Nice. I own it. I got to live with it. Look I got to deal with it. Look at Connor trying to outdo <laughs> me as a board op. Thanks a lot. 
I got to tell you, that was an incredible job. That was a good job. We'll get to the Yankees, the Mets, the latest out of camp. Plus, what did Joe Shane today, and what does it tell us about the future? And Ranger fans, I am your friend. You are sick of the Knicks. You're (laughs) sick of the attention they're getting. Join me on the new world order of crack committees, the committee that can't stand the Knicks. Let's get to Joe Shane. Let's, Let's. I saw him this morning on the NFL Network. And he did reveal one thing that I personally find interesting because I was unsure about what was going on. He revealed that Daniel Jones at the end of the season said to him, look, I got to figure things out with my agent. Mm -hmm. And so Shane admitted, I didn't talk to them for a while, like, because I respected Daniel was going to go through a process and I just let it go. So when we were talking the other day about, was he talking to the old agents? Not really, because Jones must have known for a while, hey, I want to make a change. Yeah. And it took him a few weeks after the season ended, obviously made the change to the new agency, and Joe Shane respected that. He also said he is talking to them every day. And while they're not close to a deal, he didn't frame it as if they're close, every day I talk to them Monday, I talk to them Tuesday, I talk to them Wednesday, I plan on talking to them today as well. He said, I wish we could be closer. I wish we were closer. They're not close. And I think that's the negative. The positive is, well, they're still talking. So there's time before March 6th. For them to figure this out. I don't know if they're going to figure things out by March 6th. But the bottom line is, they're going to tag him. So, in the worst case of worst cases here, he's going to get tagged. Now, which tag it is, I'm not sure. Right. I would give him the non-exclusive tag. I would totally dare him yeah. to not only get some kind of crazy contract, but have that team risk that they would be willing to give up two first-round picks. I like Daniel Jones. I respect what he did last year. I think I've been honest about that. I was wrong about him. I own that. I do not believe there is a team, Big Mac, that's going to give up two first-round picks plus exceed what the Giants are currently offering him in a deal. I don't believe there's a team that's going to just flat-out exceed what the Giants are offering in a deal, period. Yes. Forget the two picks. That is why I'm not tagging him. I don't think it makes any sense to tag him. I'll be totally honest with you. If they can't come up with a deal on the 7th... You wouldn't tag him at all? What makes me think they're going to come up with a deal in the next few weeks? And I'm not playing the season with Daniel Jones under the tag. It cripples the ability to get the players around him. I don't trust the, they have so, They have plenty of time. He knows what it is. He knows the coaching staff. He knows he flourished under the system. He knows if he wants another deal. The numbers are out there pretty much. They're offering him $30-plus million. If they can't bridge this gap before the day they have to tag him, then you know what? I continue to talk to him. I'm not saying give up on him and move on, but you go find $40 million a year and then come back to me and I'll see if I Here's the problem. I'm not tagging him. The problem with that is you don't want to allow a team to get stupid. And, I I mean, I hate to say the example. The example is the Jets. You know, they miss out on Aaron Rodgers. Right. They miss out on Derek Carr. Albert Breer had a column a few days ago, and I, I kind of brushed it aside where he said, look, the Jets are open-minded at quarterback. They're going after Rodgers. They're going after Carr. They're going to look at Tannehill if it becomes available. They would even look at stealing Daniel Jones. And when I read that, I said, they're not going to have a chance to steal Daniel Jones. Like, A, I think they'll end up with one of those guys. But even if they don't, Shane's going to tag them. Like, they're not, they're not going to have a chance to steal him. Under your plan, yeah. it is way too risky. Because all you need is one owner with no pick attachment attached to this to say, hey, we need a quarterback. He's 25. I get it. Bleep it. I'll give him $40 million a year, and and I wouldn't risk that. And then I'll decide if I match it. 
I'm not, I, I, you know, no, you I, can't match it if you're not tagging him. He's going to no, leave. Well, I'm saying he could leave or he could come back to me and say, I'm getting $40 million. You what think you that's think? happening? If I, if I have the conversation with him, what makes me think I'm going to – he changed agents at the last moment. He He's not willing to take the deal, that, which seems fair right now. We'll see what it is. What makes me think I'm going to come to an agreement with him? He might just play for the $33 million and then take his chances next year. I, I don't when, think When it's... the cap goes up and up and up and the money's going to go up and up and up. Yeah, I, while it's not ideal – Right. I admit that. Yeah. It's not ideal to have Jones play on that tag at about $32.5 million. Right. I also don't think it's the end of the world. Like, you still have so him that, yeah. on your team playing for a contract. I mean, think about it. You're basically no, get saying, it. go do it again. No, I get it. Go do it again. Now, you lose leverage because tagging him again is impossible. It's just, it's, it, it ain't happening. And how much growth can he get without being able to give him more weapons? Like, listen, you could draft wide receivers. I get it. I'm not saying there'll be no growth. They'll figure out a way to put guys around them. You know, if they tag them, there goes the tag on Barkley. Are they going to pay Barkley? You know, I guess you can fudge the numbers and make it a cap hit of four or five million dollars at the best case scenario. So now you're talking about 37 or 44 million dollars in two players just to bring back. Which, quite honestly, I wasn't in love with the offense last yeah, year. Yeah, but I think that if you tag him, it's a game too. It's a game of now eventually. He's going to accept a long-term deal. He'll move a little bit, we'll move a little bit, and we'll find some common ground. Eventually, we will meet. What you're doing by tagging him is, yeah, in the worst-case scenario, of course, he plays, he plays through it, but you're buying time. I, you know, March 6th. What does he need more time for? They They're sh- talking bro, every day. Yeah, they just start negotiating. What can you possibly say? It's. I, I'm sorry. I don't understand why this would take that long. Well, He's got till the You seventh. can't understand why more time going by could somehow change the negotiations a little bit because the closer you get to the season, the closer you get to the deadline of working out a long-term deal, the more pressure there is not only on the Giants to make a deal, but Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be drawn in by playing on a tag. Like, franchise tags are not appealing to players. They don't like it. If Lamar Jackson gets franchise tagged, there's a decent chance he says, I'm not playing. Because Lamar Jackson won an MVP and is looking to get $200 million. I get it, but Daniel Jones thinks I can get like a long-term deal. And even if it's not a fully guaranteed deal like Lamar, he's 25-26. He fully anticipates getting better under Brian Dable. He knows they're going to do something to you know get more weapons around him on some case. If he throws a couple more touchdown passes, plays for $32 million, and then hits free agency next year when the cap has expanded and the money will be even greater, and you could possibly have Aaron Rodgers out of the league by then and different guys out of the league by then and you're always you know I, I think it's a plausible thing that he might play on the he's also cap. risking himself as yeah, well getting hurt yeah because he's also here's what's benefiting Daniel Jones right now uh he's coming off a statistical year that's not overly impressive right but yet he's coming off a year that's good enough for him to probably get 35 million dollars a year right and a long-term deal from the Giants and I've said this before about Jones and I think you agree with this as a Giant fan if he puts up similar numbers next year, that's not good enough. Like, eventually, right. when you're paying a quarterback $35 million a year, whatever that number turns out to be, you don't want to be a middle-of-the-pack offense. You don't want your no. quarterback only throwing 15 touchdown passes. You also risk, and this is a big risk for Daniel Jones, and he was fortunate he didn't have this issue last year, is he may get hurt. His entire career, sure. he has had injuries affect him. Now you're playing on a franchise tag off of a year in which you could have a long-term deal right. if you come a little bit more to the middle with Joe Shane and you're going to risk well, that an injury, a, a neck injury? I guess injury? that's it, but what's a long-term deal? We all know what kind of deal they're going to give him. He's not going to get guaranteed money for four He's going to get years. more guaranteed money than $32 million no a doubt. year. No doubt, no doubt. But what is he going to get next year? These guys bet on themselves. We're seeing it more than ever. 
These guys consistently bet on themselves. I'm just saying, I don't understand why a deal can't be done. You're probably right. They'll probably tag him because worst case scenario is not having a quarterback. I, I get that. I understand that. And not knowing where to go. Do they go into the draft at that point? The Giants are at such a weird spot, unlike the Jets, with a roster probably not good enough to just make the playoffs with an average quarterback or feel really, you know, you'd have to do a lot of building and you'd have to probably end up going back into the draft and starting this whole thing over a year later than the first year of this regime. But at the same time, man, I just, it's going to bother me if it's going to affect me being able to give Barkley the tag, which I think is plausible and would keep it. Well, here yeah, here. I mean, obviously, if you take yeah. Jones, that's it. That's you know, it. You're not taking Saquon. That's it. And he could possibly play under it, and it limits what I can do in free agency, and it limits the cap. I don't understand why a deal can't be made before the seventh when they both understand it's going to be negative for them moving forward. It's not understand. good for the team. It's not good for the team. It's not understand. good for him. Big Mac, a year ago, you and I, rightfully so, were yeah. freaking out about the MLB CBA negotiations. <laughs> I get it. It was a year ago. Right. And they made deadlines. Like, oh, these yeah, crazy deadlines. Oh, we don't, uh, gonna, we're going to cancel opening day. We're going to cancel this. We're going to cancel that. And they kept pushing the deadlines back. And then finally, they made a deal. It is not crazy for the Giants to tag Daniel Jones and within four days, they come up with a long-term deal. Like, it could happen. I, I, of course it could happen, but I just don't under. If it's not going to happen by the seventh, what makes me think four days is going to make the difference? Because it's better, what's going to happen it, in those here's four why. days. Here's why. Because ultimately, and this is always the thing that frustrates all of us, it benefits Jones and it benefits the Giants. It's good for to get both a deal sides done by the seventh. to get a long term. If it's done a little bit after that, and you could finagle the salary cap during free agency, which everybody does, right. it ain't that big of a deal. Here's the big deal of tagging Jones. And this is where I admit it's negative. The Saquon situation becomes very murky. Yeah. I agree with that because now Saquon Barkley is a true blue free agent. He's going to be wooed by teams, and all you need is one team, whomever it is. I've thrown out Chicago. Craig has thrown out Buffalo. I, I think it is much more likely that Barkley finds a contract out of the realm of what the Giants are looking than what Daniel Jones. Well, but, okay. Let's That's keep this, much more likely someone goes nuts for Barkley, but, but, a, a team in contention. Big Mac. Let's yeah. keep in perspective where we are in the Saquon negotiations based yeah. on the great reporting by these giant beat reporters led by uh, Paul Schwartz. Right? The Giants are offering him $12.5 million a year. Apparently, he's asking for like 14. 14. I mean, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, I hear like, you. What? I hear they're, you. they're not separated by much. No. They're basically there. No, I got like you. Like Saquon Barkley and the Giants should be thrilled about this. He's not he looking for every last dollar. No. no. He's not looking to break the bank right now. So based on where they are contract-wise, why don't they get something done in the next four days? I, I don't let me ask you this. They get something done with Saquon today. Comes out. Giants and Barkley, done deal. Yeah. Four-year deal, $13 million a year. His cap number in year one is like 3.75. It's something amazing. Great. Doesn't that change your view on tagging Jones? Probably, yes. Probably, yes. You're damn right. Probably, yes. But it's still, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just frustrated. I don't understand. I was told by people like you what I that this was going to be easy. That's easy. You're gonna Jones tag. is going to understand this is the best. Is he really going to want to? After the Giants told him he was ruined by constant different coaching staffs and everything, he finally locks in with Dable and it goes so well. Koff is coming back. This is going to be easy. He knows this it is, is the best easy. place for him. It's not him easy for him. Day, man. But tagging him is stupid. It's not stupid. It's a necessary it's, evil it in the sport. Just figure out the deal before the seventh. I don't want the tag to come into play here. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. He won't agree to a deal. Yeah, wow. that's right. Who you mad at? Daniel Jones or Joe Shane? Who Both you of them. <laughs> Both of them. There's no reason to tag this guy. And I am I am concerned he'd play under the tag. I Ta am. Taylor's in Ridgefield, Connecticut. What's up, Taylor? 
Hey, I just uh, – about this Daniel Jones and the tag situation. I mean, obviously – and I'm with Evan in, in terms of extending the contract timeline or the negotiation timeline, but I'm also on Big Mac's side of, you know, if, you, if he plays on the tag, you're not going to have enough money to really fill the holes that you need, whether that's interior linemen, which the draft is, you know, pretty weak after the first maybe round or two, and then a, a big-name wide receiver for the outside. So you're not going to have that money. But if they do tag him to extend the talks, then you you could just rescind the tag with like what Dave Gettleman did with Josh Norman, right? So like my my problem is if you can't fill the holes, Daniel Jones is going to is he going to look better than he did this year? Like right. I, so when at what point do you pay him? It depends what the difference is right now in these negotiations. Like, yeah. what is we've heard the reporting on Saquon Barkley and what the difference is, and it feels close. And Joe Shane's been honest; they're not that close. Yeah. Like, that's what he is saying right now. Where is the difference? Because my key to a long-term deal with Jones is I want the ability in two years to say this didn't work, and I need a way out where I'm not locked in on, like, a guaranteed five years with him. And that's the language that, to me, more than how much he's making per year, matters the most. Like, where and when do I have the chance to get the hell out of this if I happen to be wrong about Daniel Jones? I mean, yeah, that's right, but what... So what are you going to guarantee him? Like, because I know Craig has debunked the idea that he's asking for forty-five, and I keep reading things. I, I love this. I think the magic number is somewhere around thirty-seven, thirty-six million dollars. Like, you know, people knows say that. magic number. You know, the magic number is to get him under a contract. But are you going to give him forty million dollars? They say guarantee eighty million dollars for two years. He gets that, and then plus you know another forty. But it's all fugazi if it if it works out or not. Like, how? How do they manipulate the cap to such a level at $40 million that they still make this plausible? Daniel Jones is not worth $40 million. We all know that. All right, so then what are we, we talking about? We all know then that. Then what is he asking for? Why is he changing agents? Oh. Why can't they come up to an agreement before the, before the uh, tag is He's necessary? Why isn't very... this happening? <laughs> why getting... hasn't it happened yet? <laughs> He's angry. There's no reason why Daniel Jones shouldn't already be under contract. Uh, hey, Craig man. laughs. I get angry. It's bothering me. You know what? He's not worth $3 million a touchdown pass. What you should be bothered by, and I hate to create these civil wars, I apologize, but how New York Ranger fans embarrassed oh. the Giants last night. I'll explain how that happened and why it happened coming up, plus the latest from the NFL, including how NFL players destroyed their own teams and criticizing how their facilities suck and how one team in particular charged players for food at the facility while they're working out. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball 
your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.